It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. What's up, family? Happy New Year. It's the first big show of the year. Now, look, the biggest topic in all of sports right now is the Eagles collapse. They started the season 10-1, and but since then, get this, they have lost four of their last five games. I cannot make sense of it. Everybody has told you that the Eagles have collapsed, but allow me to show you why they have collapsed. Remember these three particular things about the Philadelphia Eagles. Currently on tape, what they are showing you, they have bad eyes, number one. Number two, they have bad gap integrity, and number three, there is bad play calling, bad eyes, bad gap integrity, bad play calling. Let's get to the tape because I really want to show you what everyone else is telling you. First thing is bad eyes. Avante Maddox right now, his eyes need to be on this tight end. This is the very first defensive play of the Eagles game. Bad eyes, America. If you're not looking at the man you are supposed to be covering, the man you are supposed to be covering will end up uncovering your defense. Bad eyes. That's the first issue with the Philadelphia Eagles. I will give you another look. Look at it right now. This man, Avante Maddox, where are you going? Look at the person you're supposed to be guarding. Bad eyes. That's the Eagles' first issue. But what I tell you their second issue was, the second issue is bad gap integrity. The most important thing on a defense, particularly a run defense, do not let anybody outside of your edges. Under no circumstance can you let somebody break contain. If you have contain, you keep contain. If you have contain, Josh Sweat, you keep contain. I will give you another angle. Stay with me. This is the Eagles collapse. This is the Eagles downfall. Right now, number 94, Josh Sweat, you got contain. If you have contain, please, I'm begging you for the sake of the Eagles defense, keep contain. Bad eyes, bad gap integrity, but lastly, bad play calling. Now, what I'm not showing you here, but I will tell you, it is third and four. Third and six or less, play man. Play man, play man, play man. You don't want to play zone on third and six or less because there are too many freaking bubbles, too many vacancies that anybody can sit down in in a zone. James Jones can teach you about it off camera. But right now, the Eagles on third and four. Why are you playing zone? Why in the world are you playing zone? But get this as I take it back. If you are going to play zone, then understand the down and distance. If it's third and four, then defender. Sit it four yards and do not back up. Bad eyes, bad gap control, bad play calling. This was the first play of the game, the second play of the game, and the fourth play of the game. I refuse to cherry pick plays because I don't want to lie to you, the viewer at home. This was the duration of the Eagles game. This is why they allowed four touchdown plays, four plays, four drives rather, of 70 plus mm. yard touchdowns. This is why the Arizona Cardinals did not punt the entire game. This is why the Philadelphia Eagles lost. Heading to 
the desk. Happy New Year's, family. Happy New Year. Happy New Year's. Looking on New Year's and whatnot, James Jones. What's happening? Joy Taylor. <laughs> Eagles all-time Russian leader, LaShawn. Shady McCoy, y'all know what it is. Shady, I got to talk about Nick Sirianni because I just ah. broke down a little bit of what is going on and why it's going on with the Eagles. But people are saying that Nick Sirianni, the head coach, should be on the hot seat. You played for the Eagles, but more importantly, you've won two Super Bowls under great coaches. Andy Reid, mm. Bruce Arians, mm. Nick Sirianni. At first, we believed him to be a great coach. He may still be. You're the all-time Russian leader. Should he be on the hot seat? Absolutely not. Mm. Is that the rumor out here? Is that what the rumor, the, big dog? The streets is talking about? That's the New Year rumor. See, oh. I don't You know what? In 2024, I, I say, you know, I'm never listening to the streets no more. <laughs> if the streets is talking, <laughs> I do not want to hear it. Yeah. Why should he be on the hot seat? Because he's having a bad stretch, having a bad couple of games? Yeah. Who doesn't have that? All the coaches we can talk about, they go through these things. Nick Sirianni has had these guys in a Super Bowl. Is that not correct? It's correct. Right, so I was looking at his, since he's been an Eagle, every year I've seen him get better and better and better. And then the worst period of his time, right, he's 11 and 5. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, no, he doesn't deserve to be on the hot seat. He should be on the good seat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he should. He's, he, Nick Sirianni has done well. Yes. He's, he's the second most winning coach since he started under Andy Reid, yep. which we all know what he is. So, mm -hmm. Right now, that's got to find themselves. It don't look good. It does look ugly. Yes, it does. But he don't deserve to be on the hot seat. Yes, it does. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say nice things about the Eagles today. <laughs> that's, that's not how I want to start the show. But no, he shouldn't be on the hot seat. He was in the Super Bowl last year. True. I know we like to get, like, real crazy with the coaches, and I don't know that he's done an excellent job this year. I think they've been a little arrogant at times, a little defiant of what's, what's actually happening. I think some of the adjustments have proven to be kind of pointless. I mean, you just mentioned the... Multiple 70-yard drives ending in touchdowns and giving up a loss to the team with the second-worst record in the NFL. This is a bad loss. Mm -hmm. It's a bad loss. And not what you want to look like at the end of the season. But they're going to be in the postseason. True. All right? They were in the Super Bowl last year. Mm -hmm. There is such thing as a Super Bowl hangover. You notice that the two teams that were in the Super Bowl last year are having a little bit of an up-and-down season this year. That tends to happen for one reason or another. Guys got to get paid. Guys have played longer than everybody else. Maybe they're dealing with more injuries. They've made adjustments that they think worked last year that don't work this year. Everything fell in line, and now all of a sudden looks like they weren't the right players. There's a lot of things that can happen throughout the season, but to say that Nick Sirianni should be in the hot seat. I mean, we're talking about the hot seat. Yeah. That means that we're talking about replacing you as the head coach. Yeah. Yeah, just, there was a point in time where Kyle Shanahan lost three out of four, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This season? Yeah, that's four out of five. Oh. Okay. I hear you, but, like, you know they lost three in a row. We weren't talking about Kyle Shanahan being no, in the hot seat. No. Nor should we, because that's a ridiculous thing to say. Here's my thought, though. Here's my thought for everybody at the table. James, obviously, you are the next brilliant speaker. It's this. I saw this sentiment, and I, I didn't want to argue with it. I wanted to ask you all. What does Nick Sirianni do well? Here's what we do know. Mm. He doesn't retain great coaches well. He doesn't hire great coaches. Mm. He doesn't have a prolific and proficient offense. Mm. His defense is not great. Mm. So the question then becomes, what does Sirianni do well? Yeah. When we saw Sirianni without Jalen Hurts last year, it was a very small sample size, but it was not good. Mm -hmm. Conversely, Andy Reid has become Andy Reid based upon not only what he's done with Pat, but what he does when Pat goes down. Yeah. Chad Henney, 98-yard uh, drive versus the Jags in the playoffs. Matt Moore, I believe they go 3-1 and one while Sean McCoy is there, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. You become great, not when everything's going great. No doubt. You prove your greatness when things no are going wrong. So I'm simply wondering, what does Sirianni do so well mm -hmm. that somebody should say, no, of course he shouldn't be on the hot seat? Yeah, well, 
My answer is no as well. I, I definitely don't think he, could, he should be on the hot seat because it's one thing he does do well, and that's win mm-hmm. since he's gotten there. And we cannot put him in the conversations with the Andy Reeds, with these great coaches, because he's not a great coach yet. He has not earned that, right? He's a really good coach in this league who should not be on the hot seat. He is in the playoffs, double-digit wins again. You know what I'm saying? Like, you come from the Super Bowl, you have double-digit wins, and yes, Correct me if I'm wrong, but there's only one coach in NFL history that has not had a losing season, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So Andy Cameron. Reeves, the Bill Belichick, all these coaches that is just going to walk right into the Hall of Fame and say, I'm here, uh, this is how I want my uh, statue, whatever it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They done had some losing seasons too, right? They done had some, some, some uh, stretches in the season where they done lost four out of five yeah. or three out of four or whatever it is. So... It's not looking good in Philly. It ain't looked good in Philly all season long, and they have gutted out some wins. They got themselves in the playoffs. But when you talk hot seat, you talk about a coach, three, four wins, back-to-back seasons, losing seasons, or whatever that may be. Nick Sirianni has done, Nick Sirianni has done a hell of a job over there in Philly. So to have a bad stretch or look like you're playing bad football you know, throughout the season, should not have him on a hot seat with what he's accomplished in Philadelphia already. Also, he's a victim of his own success there. Everybody loses coaches once you start winning. Mm-hmm. We know that. Mm-hmm. Every single coach. That's why good coaches have coaching trees. Yep. <laughs> because if you have success, people are going to poach your assistance. That's, that's what happens. Last year, they had, by all accounts, a successful season. No, they didn't win the Super Bowl. But, Shady, you say this all the time. It's hard as hell to get to a Super Bowl. Forget winning a Super Bowl. Getting to a Super Bowl is hard to do. And they just did that last season. So you're talking about what does he do well? Well, last year he did well enough to get to a Super Bowl and compete in that Super Bowl. This year they're 11 and five. They've been locked into a playoff spot, which can't you can't say that for everyone around the league. Again, I don't want to say nice things about the Eagles today. (laughs) Like like we 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 should be being critical of how that game went and and how they played, what they look like right now, the adjustments that they've made throughout the season that haven't been successful, the excuses that they've come up with for why they're not playing at the level that they need to play at. But to talk about what does Nick Sirianni do well and like we can't overreact that much. They're in the postseason, and a lot happens in the postseason. The the thing for me isn't so much of an overreaction as it is two five. I'm trying to like deduce what's going on here. When you lose an understudy, if you will, if you're the brains behind the operation, the operation should still run. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan lost Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel has proven to be brilliant, but Kyle Shanahan, still ball. Yeah. Sean McVay lost Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor went to a Super Bowl, but Sean McVay still balling. Sean McVay lost Kevin O'Connell. O'Connell, yep. Head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. Kevin O'Connell doing a really good job last year and this year, all things considered. Sean McVay, still balling. Bill Belichick haven't proven to be a great overall coach, but he loses defensive mind after defensive mind after defensive mind after defensive mind, and he still has a great defense. What I'm wondering with Nick Sirianni, Shane Steichen, he gone. Head coach of the Colts. Colts looking good, all things considered. Jonathan Gannon just outcoached Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni, Jonathan Gannon, Eagles defensive coordinator last year. I'm just looking at it like... Well, I mean, he didn't look great. He brought them coaches on, right? Mm-hmm. He was talking about what he did good, what he did bad. Mm-hmm. We talked about the coaching selection. He selected them coaches to be on the staff. They did well, so they went on. But all them coaches you just named, they all went through hard times. All of them. Belichick is still going through it. True. Right? So as much as we want to, like, blame him and put him on a hot seat, I, he shouldn't be in no seat. He should be in a big chair, right? Because he's done really well. <laughs> when Doug Peterson left Philadelphia, we didn't know he was going to get something like this. True. I didn't know that. They were from Andy Reid, right? I and after Andy, we had Chip. That went good for a couple of months. Then you bring in Duh. Doug Peterson. That went great. But what happened? He got, they got rid of him, or, or he left. 
And then you bring on Exeriani, and he's still holding it down. So to say hot seat, we look at all these other teams that's bad every year, and we don't even, we even bring them up. This guy is a playoff uh, um, division winner. He went to the Super Bowl last year, and, and in the next two, three years, we know they're going back. Might not be this year because they don't look like it. They're, they're in the tough times. But next year, we, we, they're going to be up there in the top five teams. They're going to be up there. And the last thing, if you look at the, the, the coaches right now, today, not like years ago and all that, this today, you can't tell me he's not a top seven head coach today. You can't tell me that. You bring up the Eagles, might not go to the Super Bowl this year. James, I have to ask you Yeah, we're probably not going there, bro. <laughs> yeah. I got to ask you the question. Because, James, you've been harping on this along with myself, I believe, the entirety of the season. The Eagles have not looked good. It does appear it's caught up to them. Yeah. You think Shady's Eagles are toast? Like, is it done? Is this a wrap? Is, was it a great season? 11, 12 wins. Congratulations. Yeah. But come to playoffs, are they toast? Yeah, man, we um. We had Slim in here. Slim was next to Shady. Slim was turned up and all that. And we had Slim in here, and we all knew they still wasn't playing well. But they was finding ways to win. The Eagles is like burnt toast. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you, you scraping the stuff off. Yeah, look, look at it. That's, that's the Eagles right there. That's, that's the Eagles right there. And the reason why is everything that has happened this season. You're finding ways to win. Everybody's saying we're not playing good football, right? You lose games, you got your quarterback coming out saying we ain't committed, you know? Then you lose another game to the Cardinals, you got people not wanting to talk to the media, you see the coaches and all that arguing on the sideline. Like, from the get-go, I said, this is the Philadelphia Eagles. This is what they have shown us. We think it's going to change overnight. It's not. That is the Philadelphia Eagles not playing consistent football. Last year, the defense was consistent. Jalen Hurts was consistent, not turning the football over. This year, the defense started off consistent, inconsistent. Jalen Hurts started off turning the football over, and we all wanted it to change overnight, but this is the Philadelphia Eagles. And now, I truly believe everybody at this desk is seeing that this is just the way the Philadelphia Eagles is going play ball this year and it's not going to change does that mean they can't go into the playoffs and win a game no because they got a lot of talent right they got playoff experience so I'm not saying that they can't which I you know we'll get to that later but they do have a lot of talent but just playing the game the right way they have not played the right way all season long like I don't think it's a game the Philadelphia Eagles can go back to watch on tape whatever do and say that's how and, we want to play football and another thing is like as much as we want to blame the head coach because the head coach is supposed to Get the players in position to win, yeah. right? They make plays. I get that. But some of the stuff I'm watching, like you talk, like you, you're showing gap responsibility. That's something you've been doing for years, right? I'm a running back. I mean, obviously, I did a, a tremendous, you know, job playing, but I know that. The gap, he has this gap. He has this gap. Like, those small things, mm-hmm. right? And then you t- even, even on the third downs, it's third and five, third and four. Why are we playing off? <laughs> like, I don't care what the coach is saying, right? I know better. Mm-hmm. If it's third and one and it's a running play and, and my normal split is at eight yards in the backfield, I'm going to move up because I just know better. <laughs> just common sense. So as much as you want to blame the coach, it's hard because when I watch these, this tape and watch the games, guys are open. We missing them. Jalen's missing them. We dropping passes. Like, you can't blame all that on Nick. Yeah. Nick yeah. ain't out there. I'm I mean, I don't know. Well, you know Nick. But he out there running on routes. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay. Nick, he, he, he uh, doing because the coach got, a little, got, no got that little stomach yeah, on him he now. Like, he ain't got no cleats. Yeah, so my thing's like, like, we can't blame him for everything. Can't do it. Yeah. <sighs> toast, uh, look. Burn. It's, but if you got to eat the toast, though, like for survival, 
Yeah, it's gonna take you a minute to chew <laughs> on it. <laughs> <laughs> you some water? They don't look like a Super Bowl yeah. team. They don't look like a team that's scaring anybody in the postseason. Um, and and I think yeah. I think James is right. What they've looked like all season long is now coming back to bite them. The things that we were questioning about when they were on that that winning streak, when they were looking good and, and acquiring all those wins early in the season, is now not paying its dividends because you're losing not only to good teams, you're losing to teams that you should beat. Correct. And you're not, you're not closing games out. That's really what's troubling about this loss is that, okay, you're, you're in it, they're in it, they're back in it. Okay, it's an NFL team. They're playing for pride. They got stars on their, on their side of the ball as well. But close the team out. What are you doing? That second half was abysmal. Yeah. And that's, that's usually what's the separator, or has been at least for the separator for the Eagles this year, is that, okay, we, we might get into it, but we're going to win the game. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're not doing. So uh, to say they're toast, like, look, uh, once you get in the dance, there's a lot that can happen. They have a lot of talent. They have playoff experience. They've, they've been there before. But I don't know how you can feel good or have any faith in what, the way, in what they're putting on the field right, right. now. It's, it's what they're putting on tape. The reason the Eagles are toast in my mind, it's very, 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 very simple. The Eagles cheated the process. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, I always said, I don't care exclusively about the result. I care about how do you get the result. We came on the show three weeks ago, and I said, look, I'd rather the Eagles look good than win. Mm-hmm. Some of y'all looked at me crazy. I don't recall who, but I was like, look, I'd rather, I they, I'd I rather, they, I'd rather they look good <laughs> than like win. Because you got to look good. And I go back to when, you're, when your teachers in, in middle school would say, Acho, show your work. Because you can guess right and get the right answer, and not even guess right. You can memorize the multiplication table. I know 5 times 6 equals 30. But what happens when it's 5 times 600? I don't have that memorized anymore. So the Eagles, to me, they never showed their work. And now it's catching up to them against the Seahawks, against the Cowboys, against the Cardinals, against the Giants, even, if you will. Because I'm looking at it, and I'm like, they just aren't. Not that they're not playing well. It's like what Shady said. They're not coached well. Mm -hmm. And it's not even Sirianni. Mm -hmm. What I finally realized, Shady, this morning, watching the tape on my fight over here, I finally realized it's the position coaches. Mm -hmm. Because all the linebackers are doing the same thing wrong. And all the D-tackles are doing the same thing wrong. And all the defensive ends are giving up contained. And all of the cornerbacks are messing up with their eye control. None of the linebackers are coming downhill. It's not, I can't even put it on Sirianni. I got to put it on the position coaches that spend 20 to 30 minutes every three hours with the individual. So the Eagles are toast because this isn't stuff you can fix in a week. This is stuff that's going to take an offseason. We just getting started. All right, family, when we return, did the Lions get robbed? Should the Cowboys feel good about that victory? Y'all can see we got some head nods here at the desk. Did the Lions get robbed or did Dan Campbell play himself? It was the biggest controversy of the weekend. Dan Campbell was irate. And we got to give you our two cents on the huge situation after the commercial break. Don't forget, check us out every day, Fox Sports Channel on Sirius XM. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome back, family. This was the most disputed call all NFL season. The Lions, they appeared to take the lead late in the game with a two-point conversion that they did actually convert on. However, 
The refs had a different ruling. They were had an ineligible receiver. Lions tried again, did not convert. Cowboys win, Lions lose with the whole world watching. Joy, the controversy was simple. People said that the Lions got robbed. Ref missed the call, Lions would have converted. Cowboys win, Cowboys shouldn't have won. Conspiracy theories I am hearing. There might be a documentary made about this game, but what do you say? Did the Lions get robbed? It wasn't according to the script. <laughs> Well, if you leave all the doors and the windows open to your house, mm-hmm. and then you put all your money right inside the front door, that's visible. And then you get robbed because you told your family that you just wanted to live free. <laughs> did you get robbed? Uh-huh. Yeah, technically, you did. Does anyone feel bad for you? Mm. Maybe your family. <laughs> yes, you, you went through the process, right? They talked to the referees, they explained the play. And then whatever happened, happened. It's controversial, I guess. But at the end of the day, you got another chance. And then the football guy said, no, there's a penalty. You're not going to convert on this. Kick the extra point and go to overtime. Can you just get the extra point? The universe is telling you it ain't your day. Mm-hmm. Like, just, 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 t- just receive the message. Be open. My message for 24. Be <laughs> open to the messages that are being sent to you. Yeah. It, like, no one blames you for going for the win there. Yeah. I love that, actually. Very aggressive. Go for the win. You have the momentum. Cool. It doesn't happen. Just kick the extra point and go to overtime. Like, enough already. So I, I'm, not, I'm not really, I don't feel very compelled on either end of it because it was the, technically the right call. I understand you talked to him. But at the end of the day, kick it to overtime and play your best ball. Like, I, I don't, I can't get into it. And, and, and the Cowboys did a great job defensively. They got stops throughout the game. They got stops there at the end. So, no. I mean, did they get robbed? Sure. <laughs> you, you made it easy, though. You didn't put up a big fight. I, I, I won't even, I can't even say that the Lions got robbed. I can't say they got robbed, family. And the reason being is, defensively, the Cowboys' defense guarded who the refs told them to guard. We are all assuming that had the ref actually announced the right player is eligible, the Cowboys still wouldn't have guarded him. But as a defender, when the ref tells me, who is eligible and who is ineligible, then I am only accounting the people that are eligible. So if the ref would have said that number 68, who caught the ball was an eligible receiver, Mm -hmm. the Cowboys would have guarded him. Jordan Lewis said post-game, well, yeah, the ref said it was 70, so we didn't keep an eye on 68. (laughs) As a defender, if the ref don't tell me 68's eligible, I'm not guarding a tackle unless the ref tells me this player's eligible to catch the ball. So what I haven't heard anybody say yet publicly is, what I'm trying to say is, the whole thing was based upon a false premise. The false premise is, well, had the ref actually made the right call, the Cowboys still wouldn't have guarded him. It's a lie. Or at least it's a false assumption. In my mind, as a defender, if the ref would have said that 68, who caught the extra point, was eligible, the Cowboys would have guarded him. But the ref did exactly what the Cowboys did exactly what the ref told him to do. They left the person who the ref said couldn't catch the ball. They left him unguarded. I don't think the Lions at all got robbed. I think the whole thing was based on a false premise. Too far. I don't believe. None, I don't. I don't agree none of that. If you really watch the tape, there's no more really guarding none of them dudes. Them linemen, you're not even watching them. You're not watching them. How many times have you seen um, eligible tackles catch touchdowns or catch uh, two-point Good amount of time. All the, I, I haven't seen it not work. I always say it work. <laughs> so when he's saying, when, when Jordan's saying, I'm like, yeah, till I watch the tape. Look at this. They're not guarding him. What are you talking about? <laughs> all the fat boys look alike. 70, 68, they all look alike. <laughs> They're not guarding him. The ref stole this game. And, and, and it's not nothing against the Cowboys. I, I, I just, I'm tired of watching these games and the refs and the black and white are taking the enjoyment out of football. 
Now, if football is such a great thing now, it's already been a blessing. It's been great for us. It's even better. They're getting all the gambling stuff involved. Now, everybody's even more involved in that. Everybody mm -hmm. wants some money. You tell me this is a billion-dollar business, and y'all going to take it away from the game, mm -hmm. right? Make, if the lineman coming to you, ref, make, he's eligible. You know this. The game's on him. It's his fault. That's sad. Question and for then you, you're talking about playoffs, trying to get the seedings, yep. right? This is two playoff teams. Dallas plays great at home. For, Dallas, for, for Detroit to come up there and play the way, the way they play, and then Dan Campbell to come up there and say, you know what, no, 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 we going for this joint. Yep. And you take that away from them boys, that's terrible. That's, here's, that's terrible. Here's my question for you. You played 12 years in the National Football League. Crazy. You have lived out this experience a lot. Three players went to the ref. Penny Sewell, starting left tackle, number 70 a tackle, and number 68 the tackle that caught the ball. All three players did not need to go to the ref. Right. Because only one was declaring eligibility, number 68. So the Lions, as you know as well as I, playing the game, the Lions were trying to deceive the Cowboys by sending three tackles to the ref. Oh, they no. inadvertently deceived the refs. So how can you be so irate knowing that three tackles didn't need to go to the ref? The only person who needed to go to the ref was the person reporting eligible. So how can you be that upset knowing the Lions were always trying to trick somebody? They tricked the wrong somebody. Uh, well, so we, we don't know what was said there, though. <laughs> no, we don't. Uh, if, you, if you remember your playing days, when, when, the guy, when the tackles come in, the eligible tackles, they come over there to the ref, they either do this or they, say, or they tell the ref, hey, it's me or it's hot. They do that. So I don't know if he said that. You don't know if he said that. Yeah. We don't know. If, we they don't. do that. I don't. We don't. E e e they, they do this right here. Hey, ref. Hey, but that I'm means old. I'm eligible. Or they do that. Yeah. And they go, hey, hey, ref, I'm hot. Which yeah. also means I'm eligible. Right. So how we know he didn't do that? But they, walk, they walked up to him. They, they pulled up on him and crept up on him. On business. Hey, 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 it's me. <laughs> yeah. here, All I'm saying is this, though. When yeah. you watch this game, the game is too good. It man, is. To let the refs take over it. We watch this in the Chiefs game. We watch it here. Yeah. Oh, these is million-dollar players out here trying to win and get a Super Bowl. Why are you taking it away from them? Yeah, James, Chiefs, you Chiefs. more than anybody have been in this situation. Yeah. You're the wide receiver, played nine years in the National Football League, <laughs> I mean, well, led the league in receiving well, uh, yards 2012. <laughs> Actually, you know, I'm more there. Because I'm a running back. But you're not No, no, but, but he, he out there wide out. Am I on the ball? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm at the big fat boys. I'm all ref. That's, I'm hot. That's why I'm on the Chiefs, because, I mean, he was off sides. But in this case, right, <laughs> I done been a part of some trick plays in my day. Yep. Right? So my main reason the Lions got robbed is because they said every single game the refs come up to the coaches. What you got up your sleeve, yep. Mike? You got any trick plays? What, what it's looking oh, like? Oh, he did, yeah. Dan Campbell said, this is exactly how it's going down, man. This is our trick play. We got Buddy, whoop, whoop, wop, 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 boom. Touchdown, two-point conversion, whatever it's going to be. This is the play. Cool. The linemen do that all the time. Come on, bro, come with me. I don't want them to know who he is. Hey, <laughs> they always do that. Hey, Sewell over there like, boom, he, hey, I'm eligible. <laughs> but it don't matter, though. But it don't matter. You knew that's this play problem. was coming, though, ref. You come to uh, the coaches personally before every single game. Not just one ref, multiple refs as a staff. Coach, you got any trick play? So you knew this play was coming. Like, at, in this situation, this is when we're going to use this play. Mm -hmm. So the refs knew that. So whether it's the whole team come up to you, even off the sideline, whatever it may be, you knew this play was coming and they broke it down how it was going to go. You know what I'm saying? So for you to get out there and still not declare Buddy eligible as he catches the ball, I think yeah, this is crazy. on the refs. And for me, listen. The combative stuff is going to happen. We can argue that all day. It's holding. The ref ain't right, throwing. Right, 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 right. The game moving fast. All I'm cool sides. with the rest yeah. missing some of that type stuff. But the pre-snap stuff, you know what I'm saying? The stuff that happens before the play, the refs got to start getting that stuff right. Point blank period. They make, I don't know how much money they make, 
but their job is to make sure they, 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 the they, they ain't broke. They making some money. But neither of y'all have responded to my thought, which is very simple. I'm not saying that the refs got it thought was wrong. I'm not saying the refs got it right. I'm not saying that. I can agree with you. I can agree with you. I can agree with you, though, Joy, I'm kind of with you on this one. The thought is simple. Had the ref announced 68 is eligible, the Cowboys would have guarded him. Why do you, why you think that, though? Why do you think they're going to guard him? Because if you tell me he's eligible, now I know, oh, why would he be reported eligible? And he's so why tackle? all these tackles got touchdowns? You saying all? You saying all <laughs> like twenty five tackles? I'm just saying, like every, I mean, every single just all the time. But when they do it, they they get it. They, and and this is another thing you, you keep saying. So if sixty eight was eligible and, other, and seventy wasn't, however you want to dice mm-hmm. it up the numbers, you, you saying they're guarded. When you see a lineman leave, you you own it. You, you're not worried about what you. They're not looking at what number it is. Come on, beforehand. But not only that. Oh listen, my god. Listen here. What? I, you I'm see a lot of you rolling. No, I'm with Shady on this one. What? Coach Rabel got seven catches for seven touchdowns. <laughs> like you can't tell me that the defense is just identical. Deion Dawkins from the Bills. That's what I'm saying. Touchdown. Like, That's what they do. Just say, like just because he's eligible, like we just own him. How they gonna keep scoring touchdowns down there? All these th- Donald Penn. I played with Donald Penn. Donald Penn tackle every time Donald he wide Penn, open catching touchdowns. JJ Watt checks into the game as a D tackle, and all they ain't identifying any boys as catching touchdowns. So even with all that means, yeah. you can say that and sound good in the media, like hey. And we would have guarded him. Well, it's a lot of dudes that ain't been guarded that knew Buddies was eligible, too. They got robbed because you knew this play was coming. When and they're not trying to get it right. And another thing about, about the them, uh, them safeties, they're not really trying to engage with the, with, with the tackles anyway. Of course not. Because they think it's a, the first thing you think of, yo, it's third or it's, it's, it's um, fourth and goal on one, one or two yards. Yeah, two-point conversion. They're going to run that joint. So you, you, you're already thinking that. You're not trying to put your hands on the tackle been, and all that. It's been plenty of place to where they all the time. And run that thing downhill. So with this being said, That Joey, ref owes suicides. He owes sedition <laughs> tests. He owes all that. Since you want to take the game from us, put him in the game. For context, suicides in football is when you got to run down, back 10, down, back 20, down, back 30, down, back 40, down, right. back 50. Shady said he owes all that. Uh, Joy Taylor, should the Cowboys be proud of the win in spite of all the controversy? Yeah. What do you mean? This is a great win for the Cowboys. That's a really good team, which, by the way, according to some people, won that game. I, I, I think they lost, but <laughs> they won that game. They so, lost. of course not. Cow- Cowboys had, had some really good stops, multiple turnovers in this game. The defense played really well. And, and look, that's, a, that's a, one of the best teams in the NFC. They played really great football all season long. Yes, you play a certain way throughout the season at home, and everybody wants there to be dominant wins. But we're doing this weird thing this year where we want, every, we want style points in every single NFL game. This is why I always push back on this. Oh, common opponent this, or they got to blow out. Win the game. There's a lot of good teams, a lot of good players on that side of the ball. They came to play. They're coached really well. They play with a lot of pride. No pun intended. Of course you should feel good about that win. I, th- I don't like that we're doing that this year. Oh, they got to beat a team by this much or it's not a really good win. That's a good win. Defense played really well, forced turnovers, and you got the win at home. James, you recently said on this show that you can win a game, mm-hmm. leave the field feeling like you've lost. Yep. You can lose a game, but leave the field almost feeling like, yeah, we beat them dudes, but yeah. we didn't beat them dudes. Yeah. The Cowboys, mm-hmm. obviously they won. Yeah. But like Shady said, like you have said, the Lions really should have won if not for a referee blunder. So the Cowboys be proud of the win. Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> because um, if I was on that Cowboys roster, I'd be talking just like you talking to my family. I'd have guarded, bro, if they would have told me <laughs> he was eligible. So we're going to win the game anyway. You know, but for me, this was impressive for the Cowboys because you just came off of a game last week to where 
Dak Prescott goes delivers on fourth down, fourth down, scores big time throw, touchdown. And then the defense lets the Miami Dolphins go straight down the field and score, and you guys lose that game. Mm-hmm. So to respond, to make plays when you had to make plays, and we can all get on, we just talked about being robbed and all that, but to make plays when you had to make plays in that football game, to find a way to win against a really good football team, to me, that was big time for the Dallas Cowboys. And they earned that win. It was multiple plays in the game that could have went either way. And the yeah. Cowboys made a lot of those plays when the game was on the line to have, have them in the position to win the game. And that, that victory right there is one of those victories. You walk in the locker room and, yeah, it could be controversial or what. But we found a way to get that one done, and that's confidence, right? Yeah, now nah, they should feel proud about this win. I mean, it's hard winning the league. True. Like, who you playing? And you playing against a, a playoff team like Detroit Lions, who are really, really good now. Um, I just think that, like, a coach like Nick Siano, he'd love to have a win. We played bad against Cardinals. <laughs> we need that win. So take this win. It's hard to get them. Um, it could have came in a little better fashion, but we always say that, right? Once you win, it's like, all right, woo. Yeah. Woo. So, yeah, take this win move on. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, Lamar Jackson is taking multiple Ooh. wins because he took a win on the field, but he might have just taken home some hardware. 18 of 21, five passing touchdowns, a perfect passer rating, 56 points on the scoreboard. Has Lamar Jackson officially ended the MVP debate? Could, be we, could we be looking at a two-time MVP, Lamar Jackson. That's next on Speaker. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Family, we are in third and long, third topic of the day, and it did not matter the down or distance for Lamar Jackson. He was likely getting in the end zone. 18 of 21, five passing touchdowns, perfect passer rating, 56 to 19 blouses. Baltimore Ravens lock up the number one seed in the AFC. Shady McCoy, you have been the most contentious, I will say, about the MVP conversation. All season long, you feel as though no player had really earned that based upon their play outside of Tyreek Hill. Well, Tyreek Hill looks like he will fall well short of that 2,000-yard record-setting mark. Lamar Jackson, he is now dominated as of late, particularly the last two games, national audience, Niners, Dolphins. His Lamar ended the MVP debate. Yeah, I think he he took it over, right? I think that performance yesterday that showed the world, listen, I am the MVP. And normally with MVPs is the best team in football and the best player on that team. Lamar Jackson's that. We ain't asking questions if he's a game manager or if he's a a, (laughs) a breakout player. We're not asking. We already know what it is. And another thing about Lamar, he's playing against the top teams and he's dominating them. He went up to the Bay. Woo! Smoked them boys. I didn't even know that was happening. You mean all Smoked them boys. Smoked them boys. Right? Great defense. They just say that. You come, you, you come back to <laughs> the, 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 the Dolphins, right? Yeah. Good team. Yeah. It is beat. Good team, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Since Ramsey has came back to the Dolphins, they have the number one defense. Talk about That's it. That's what they said. That's just facts. Yeah. Not what they said. That's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. But Lamar Axton Jackson, Dang. he said, huh? Uh-huh. He said, what? <laughs> he said, go over that thing. Yeah. So when you ask me, like, who's the MVP? It's got to be Lamar. Not by this words, by, by, by numbers and by what he's doing against these good teams. And they got to be Super Bowl favorites. Think about it. 
But why, for the Niners, what, what, why are you now so? Because, Shady, for, for 17 weeks, yeah. quite literally, America, for close to 120 days, I have been trying to convince you that it's this quarterback, that it's that quarterback, that it was Dak for a while, that it was Brock. But you forever were like, nah, Acho, it's got to be Tyree Kill. Ain't none of these dudes playing well enough. Why now are you so convinced yeah, yeah. that it's Lamar? I don't disagree with you, but why are you so convinced? So first of all, so... Tyreek Hill was about to do something we've never seen before in football, right? Go for 2,000 yards. That got to be somebody to talk about for MVP. So he's not going to get it because he's not going to get to that. Cool. We just go to the quarterbacks. That's the thing they want to praise, the quarterbacks. When you look at them, now that I feel like Lamar is – he started getting there after the, the rape, or after the Niners game. Yes, sir. Then now we're talking about him. He smelled blood in the water. What does he do? He go out there and takes it. That's fine. Uh. And when you look at who he is and what he brings to the game, it's like even with Brock Purdy, I think Brock Purdy's a good quarterback. Do I think he's an MVP quarterback? No. Do I think he's the best player on that team? No. When I look at Lamar Jackson and that great defense they got over there and the weapons they got on offense, I still think Lamar Jackson's the best player. When you watch him play against the top teams, he's the best player, not only on his team, but the whole field. You know what? It's crazy. Duke Staley was one of my favorite coaches. He's always say, Shady, I don't want you to be the best running back on the field. I don't want you to be the best offensive player on the field. I want you to be the best player on the field. And when you watch Lamar Jackson against the top teams, that's who he is. And if he's that... How the hell he not the MVP? Mm. Mm. I don't know what I can add to that other than that was a really poor day for the Dolphins. <laughs> the rough go. Yeah. The rough go. Hey, real quick, you, you think Daniel had any like jokes after the game? Or was he thinking nah, Daniel was? Nah, nah. He, kept, he kept it serious. Yeah, the no jokes, jokes was done. Then let me let me move. Ask can do that to you though. <laughs> well, that's what that was. I don't I don't know what I can add to that. Everything you're saying is. Let me move it forward. Let me move the conversation forward. Then, Lamar Jackson has 24 passing touchdowns. But we count rushing touchdowns. Yes, yes, he has yes, five rushing touchdowns. He has 29 total touchdowns. I believe, Andy, please correct me if I'm wrong, we have to go back to 2007 to find an MVP to win the award with 30 or less touchdowns. Keep in mind, Lamar Jackson likely will not play next week because the number one seed is already sealed up. He has nothing to play for. Shady said it so eloquently, you said you don't have anything to add to that. Add something to this. Do either of y'all on the left side have issue with the fact that Lamar Jackson will win MVP or could win MVP or should win MVP with 24 passing touchdowns? For context, when he won it last year, he led the league. When he won it last time, he led the league with 36. And with five rushing touchdowns, when he won it last time, he had eight. Does that bother you at all that his stats pale in comparison to previous years and to himself? No, because I think we're having a nuanced conversation finally about the MVP this year. Yes, if you compare numbers year to year, then it's just a statistical award. And we don't really need to get into who's winning or what. It's just let's go, let's just give it to the whatever player has the best statistics. But that's not what it is. It's not the best statistical player. It's the MVP. And this year has been a very interesting year in the NFL. It's been a lot about defenses this year. It's the year of the backup quarterback. Players that usually play at a super high level, put up crazy numbers, aren't putting up those numbers this year for, for multiple reasons. The, the MVPs last year, the winner of the MVP and the runner-up, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes not putting up numbers at all. So it is a very unique year. What I think the Shady said is, is really the point, though. We had questions about if Brock Purdy is an MVP-level quarterback. He is a good quarterback, maybe even great. But he's not the, even the best player on his team. And Lamar Jackson went head-to-head with him. And you saw the difference. We saw the difference. And like Shady said, he was the best player on the field. On a field with dogs everywhere. Superstars oh. everywhere. And he, he was the light. Bingo. And he did that again this week. So it's not so much about statistics. Are you the reason 
that your team is winning. We know that. No one's arguing that. The defense is incredible, and we see Lamar Jackson be next-level great. So we don't really need to argue about the statistics. We're all watching the same thing. We're all experiencing greatness, and you can feel that, and that's really, to me, what an MVP is. You see and feel and understand the greatness. He doesn't have to play next week because all season long, he's put his team in a position to be at the top of the league. They're the best team. They're the great team this year, and they've done that throughout the regular season. I think the only player that's even close to the conversation right now is Josh Allen and Josh has an opportunity to put a great performance on the field next week but he has to Lamar Jackson doesn't have to play because he's been so good all season long that is really what the difference is to me yes the statistics might not match year to year but this is a unique year and we've seen Lamar be great against the other teams that we thought were great in the league and dominate them mm. thank you open your eyes <laughs> Open your eyes now. Come on, man. Lamar Jackson. Listen here. I listened to y'all when they played the Niners, not to bring up an open up old wounds, but you said it's an all-pro there. And it's an all-pro there. Mm -hmm. And it's an all-pro over there. And it's five of them over there. And it's three more on the coach stand. <laughs> y'all trying to tell me all that. Y'all trying to, how you picking the Lamar in the red? Y'all trying to tell me all that. And Lamar went out there and said, all y'all cool, but this is a different level. And I think that is what Lamar Jackson is showing this year when he plays anybody, the good teams, the bad teams. Lamar Jackson is showing that I'm the best player when I step on the field every week. Even if my receivers may drop a couple passes, whatever it may be, I'm the best player on the football field. And that's what Lamar Jackson showed last week, and that's what Lamar Jackson showed this week. Gus Edwards got 12, 13 touchdowns. Mm, if it inside the five-yard line, like 10 of them. If Lamar Jackson really wanted to have 40 touchdowns, Gus would have two of them. <laughs> and, and that's just keeping it real. We watched a play when they played the Niners when Bosa just ran straight at Lamar. I'm handing it off to Gus. Gus in there with his flags on still. You know what I'm saying? So if you're opening your eyes and you're really watching Lamar Jackson play football, he's making the game look extremely easy, and he's making everybody around him better and everybody's job around him better. Gus is walking in the end zone because they account for eight, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Zay Flowers wide open touchdown because eight escaped this pocket, get outside this pocket, make plays down the field. You got four, five more seconds to get open. It's big plays, right? So Lamar Jackson, when he steps on the field, he's making it look too easy. Well, Lamar looked like he jogging out there. Like these boys running up on him. He, he, <laughs> he tried like, I, he did, I he see you. Like, that. Like, like for real though. Like he's making the game look extremely easy. He didn't, easy. Work, he didn't work like that. Yeah. That, that, he pointed that, at him. Pointed at him like I, like I see. So when you talk MVP, if Lamar Jackson is not on the Ravens, they're not in the spot they are right now. Mm -hmm. That's true. If Lamar Jackson is not on the Ravens, everybody that's around him right now not having the success they having, Gus, Zay, all of them boys. And if you truly open your eyes, every time he's Steps on the football field, whether he throws two touchdowns or one, he clearly looks like the best player. Does it bother you all having led the league in receiving touchdowns mm -hmm. one year, have the led, having led the league in rushing touchdowns one year? Does it bother you all that Lamar Jackson will and should and could win MVP with a measly, I will say, 24 well, passes? You know what? Touchdowns. Nobody's really killing it like that, right? And the only person I'm going to say is having a really, really good year stats wise would probably be Josh Allen. We were at 40 some touchdowns. Yeah, 42, I believe now. Right. And um, but they haven't been a good team all year. Mm -hmm. Right. So now when I look at the new award, it's the quarterback award. Let's just let's just remove all the other stuff. It's the quarterback award. So let's go to the teams, right? Because nobody's killing it like like that, like they normally do. Go to the teams. 
the Ravens are the best team in football. Let's go to the players. The best player is the quarterback. Yeah. What else we talking about, right? When you need him most in MVP form moments, mm -hmm. he gives you that. Yeah. Yo, cool, we go on the road to play against the best team in football, the Niners? I got you, coach. You said we got enough stars that they got? Hey, don't worry about that. I got you. He gives you MVP performance. Cool. Next game. Yo, we're going to get the Dolphins. Yeah. They just beat the Cowboys. Yeah, like, they just yeah. in third. They got two. They got da -da -da -da. Tyreek Hill. Hey, don't worry about that, coach. I got us. What's he do? He gives you an MVP moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you ask him for the MVP, he's, he's showing you who he is. He might not have 40 touchdowns or 39. He might not have that right now. No. But nobody has that. But what he does have is he winning football, the best in football, and I'm the best player in the field when I touch on it. And not only that, it's the impact of the game. I remember the year I led the league in touchdowns. Do you remember that? We had Greg Jennings Look, on the other side. Look, but do you remember side. that? He like, remember. he like, they like, yeah. We had Greg Jennings on the other side, and we had Jordy Nelson. And we would come in there and watch tape, and boom, they rolling that coverage to Greg Jennings. I'm eating. Mm -hmm. That don't mean I'm better than Greg. Right? The impact that Greg is having on the game, 12 no. They rolling to Greg Jennings over the top. That means 8 9, one on one. Ball to 8 9. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. So I, after a while, they're like, okay, we can't keep rolling to Greg. This dude eating. So with Lamar Jackson, if you turn on the tape, the impact that he is having well and said. how he's making everybody better, that matters as MVP, not just 40 touchdowns. Like he is making a huge impact and he's making it look easy. And, and Josh is. He's incredible, and he is having an incredible statistical season. But we can't just forget the whole chunk of the season where, because of his play, they were in a hole that he's had to climb them out of, mm -hmm. and it's been incredible to watch. Mm -hmm. And they're they're rolling right now, and that's great because he's a superstar and he's capable of doing that. But the lows put them in that position to begin with. So when you're looking at the entirety of the season, which I think you should consider when you're talking about an MVP, Lamar put his team in a position to have the number one seed be the best team in the league, and now they can chill for a week. Mm. Really, a, a couple weeks. <laughs> so that's just a completely different space. So it can't just come down to the statistics. Well... Talking from someone who wants to be a two-time MVP to someone who already is a two-time MVP. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs coming off a Super Bowl, but they do not look Super Bowl good. They got the win, but how concerned are we despite it? We got to talk about the sky falling on the Kansas City Chiefs. Can they repeat? Best conversation of the day, and it's the next conversation of the day after this commercial break. The Chiefs beat the Bengals. That would usually matter, except the Chiefs didn't look great and Joe Burrow wasn't playing. So a one possession game where you kick six or so field goals isn't all that impressive. Now, the Chiefs did beat the Bengals. The Bengals and the Chiefs are new age rivals. Nobody on national television knows more than Super Bowl champ with the Kansas City Chiefs, LaShawn Shady McCoy. So Shady, I was watching the game. I was still concerned because I'm thinking to myself, okay, y'all got about six field goals and one touchdown. That's not impressive. You beat the Bengals. But it wasn't Joe Burrow's Bengals. It was Jake Browning's Bengals. And they still have the ball with two minutes left to go down the field and potentially tie the game. Are you still concerned about the Chiefs? Yeah, and my concern level has went up, right? And I, and I hate to say it. I mean, I always thought that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes together could solve anything. They're that good. And you always would be worried about them playing against them. When I watch them now, man, nothing's changing. Mm -mm. It's, you're still getting drop passes. You're still getting mis miscommunication with the wide receiver and the quarterback. They're not on the same page. Listen, the Chiefs, if I can even remember, Andy Reid and the – I ain't going to say the Chiefs. Andy Reid as the coach. And then you add the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. They never looked this bad. Mm -hmm. 
They always had a top three, top five office. Easy. Mm-hmm. Top five at the worst. They're not even in the top ten right now. I child, they're not even in the top ten, Joy. I can't look at them in the same eyes. Like, yo, this is the Chiefs. I, remember, I, I don't remember this team. Right? You, you look at uh, all Patrick Mahomes. When I first got with Patrick Mahomes, I was like, yo, this kid is scary good because mm-hmm. he's still getting better. That's how great he is. To 10-6, that's the worst of his career. 285 yards, um, a, yards a game, that's the worst of his career. 27 touchdowns, that's the worst of his career. 17 touchdowns, that's the worst of his career. So he's having all these career lows, right? Mm-hmm. You got to be worried about it. Then when I watch them, it's like, they don't look the same. They, they, like, they said fair, people said fair playing the Chiefs. Oh, we got the Chiefs this week, oh my God. Now it's like, yo, bring them on. Mm. You, you, you hear home way, it don't matter. Let's bring them on. <laughs> so now as I'm worried about it. I'm worried what they look like going, going forward. I do think next year there'll be a lot different. Andy Reid and Brett Veach are great at getting the players that they need. But right this year, it's not the year. Here's why you will not see them in the championship. <sighs> yeah, you won't see it. Mm. Them. Mm. Eagles. <laughs> on my birds. <laughs> uh, Joy, I'm really worried, and it's very simple. I've said the Eagles players look stupid on tape. Mm. I will not say that they are stupid, but on tape, they look stupid. Shady James Jones, either of y'all ever been punt returners in your life? Either of y'all? I have. Punt returner? Mm-hmm. Never returned punts. Yeah. Punt returner. The rules of punt returners. Yeah. You put your heels at oh. seven yards or at the, or 10, the 10, depending whatever. on how oh, the rest of your coach is. You keep your heels at 10, and you, do, and you do not back up. Mm-hmm. Well, the Eagles punt returner, Richie James, fielded a punt. Chiefs punt returner, Richie James, fielded a punt. In his own end zone, Joy Taylor. Now, the reason I care is because he's a backup wide receiver. Mm. So MBS has shown me on tape his football incompetence. Yeah. Kadarius Tony has shown me on tape his football incompetence. And now the backups are showing me on tape their football incompetence. I don't even have to talk about the offense. I didn't got to talk about the defense. I don't got to talk about Andy. I don't got to talk about Pat. All I have to tell you, America, is that one play. Mm. From high school, Shady McCoy literally said he's never returned punts a day in his life. Mm -hmm. But the second I start telling y'all that rule, Mm -hmm. keep your heels at the 10 Mm -hmm. or at the 7, depending on the aggressiveness of your punt return coach, and don't back up. And I'm watching a game, and this wide receiver is doing the one thing that James Jones is 10 and 11-year-old. I might be missing the age, but his young sons know. Right, they know. Come on, man. It wasn't a nice dead leg, though. Yeah. Get out of there. And if, and if, and if, they do ca- and if they do catch it in the end zone, they know you ain't going back back there. <laughs> That's your last one. But, uh, no, man, the Chiefs is in trouble, man. This is bad. Like, it's hard to watch. I ain't even used to watching Patty Mahomes in the offense struggle like this. Like, it, it, it's hard to watch. And I'm not even necessarily just touching on this game. The last five games. Yeah. And we, we keep, even me, because I'm a Patty fan and I done seen Patty greatness. I'm like, oh, yeah, next week they're going to get back to doing, Patty going to sling that thing over the other. Hey, it ain't happening. It ain't, it ain't happening. And the Kansas City Chiefs are in trouble. They are kind of like the Philadelphia Eagles. Very much so. What you trying to get done? You go, well, like, what's the identity? Andy Reid, I know you're a great mastermind offensive. What's the identity, right? And then you have your best players on the football field yeah, and Travis Kelsey not really playing his best to get this offense going. Obviously, the receivers are still out there dropping passes, and this has been happening all season long. So for us to sit here and say, hey, it's going to change next, it's not, right? So I feel the same way I feel about the Kansas City Chiefs. It's going to be one and done in the playoffs. Oof. If the Buffalo Bills find a way to beat the Miami Dolphins, who knows what it is, mm-hmm. the Kansas City Chiefs open up with the Dolphins. They're not winning that game. Mm. They're, they're not. 
You struggling with Jake Browning and, and AOC, Aiden O'Connell, from the law. Like, if we knew Patty Mahomes was playing them type quarterbacks, we would say, man, Chiefs by 30. At the house. At the crib. <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's in Kansas City. You know, and these games is coming down to the wire. And I know Pat don't play defense, but just the way this team is playing football, especially this last five, six-game stretch, it is not good football. It's not playoff football. And it dang sure ain't championship football like Shady say. So the confidence for them to get back there, and I know once you punch your ticket to the dance, you got a chance. They don't. Mm. This hit over. It's over, Jordan. I mean, the, the reason that we keep saying this is because it's not Chiefs football. It certain teams are, are, are built fundamentally certain ways. We talk about the Niners, right? Obviously, they have a brilliant offensive mind and great offensive pieces. But the real identity is their defense. They set the tone with their defense. Dang, that's crazy. This, this, yeah, no, it is. That's, that's why they're so good. Because <laughs> they're great on offense, but they're, they're as equally as great on defense. This team is not beat, built on defense. For years, actually, it was not even something that we really talked about. We one or two pieces right. here to make a play, make a play. They've been a defensive team this year. They've, they've only scored 20, they've scored 20 points or fewer eight times this season. They've only done that 10 times over the previous five seasons combined. Mm. So we keep saying we've never seen this before. No, we literally have not seen this before. This is not Chiefs football. This is not how they're built. It's not how they win. It's not how they've been designed to win. And it's not how they've had success over the Mahomes era. This is all new. They have the most drops of any team from the wide receivers this year. We know that. Six most giveaways, fourth fewest in takeaways, the second worst turnover differential. This is, this is a new version of the Chiefs, and it's not a good one. So the reason that they're hanging on in ways is because they do have just enough talent and they have enough experience. And when they get to the postseason, there's still a little anxiety because it's the Chiefs. Like, for the past five years, it's been the Chiefs. Okay, that's the worst draw that you could get. Sorry. Nice season. Glad you made it out. Glad the fam can see you play in a playoff game, but you're going home immediately. Quick. It doesn't feel that way because the, the numbers are showing you, the, what you're watching is showing you that this isn't actually the Chiefs. They're like imposter Chiefs. And it's, it's hard for us to digest. We keep hanging on because we've, have so, we've watched them be great for so long in the same uniform, the same guys, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, all these other guys that have been played and won Super Bowls there are not putting the same product on the field. That's really what's scary because – we keep wanting to believe it. And I even sing it. Like, I'm not ready to say they're out of it. I'm not ready to say they're out of it. I just want to believe. But it's just because I'm watching the same players who I've watched do great things for, for years now, but they're not playing the same way. Well, inversely, there's a player in Justin Fields who we have watched struggle for years now. But now he is doing great things. The Bears have won four out of five. Great. They've won five out of seven. Justin Fields is playing Spectacular, particularly for Justin Fields. Well, the Bears only number one overall pick next year, but is Justin Fields making them rethink the thought at drafting Caleb Williams? Do you have to keep Fields or do you move on? The best conversation of the day after this break. Family, we are in overtime, and this is the spiciest topic of the day. Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears, in unprecedented fashion, have won four out of their last five games, including a win over the Detroit Lions. Well, yesterday, the weather was ugly, but the performance, it was good enough. Bears win 37-17 over the Falcons. Here is a controversy. The Chicago Bears, by nature of the Carolina Panthers, they own the number one overall pick in this year's draft. Well, this year's draft, you will see a generational talent in Caleb Williams mm. from 40 minutes down the road, University of Southern California. Mm. You might not see a another Caleb Williams for another decade. Dilemma. Mm. 
Justin Fields, Caleb Williams. Justin Fields, Caleb Williams. Shada McCoy, you have been very, very vocal about your thoughts on the quarterback situation in Chicago. But has Justin Fields made it impossible winning four out of these last five games? Has he made it impossible for the Bears to draft Caleb Williams? You said impossible? Impossible. 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 This you heard him. He's speaking crazy. He's speaking English, though. too. You know, the, the thing with the Justin Fields mm. is that he is talented. I cannot, he's very talented. Oh, you're seeing him. Right? But the thing is, he loses all these games, right? Oh, Some games is for the, it's the defense's fault. A lot of games is his fault. And then he has these moments. At the end of the year, every, it happens every year. Does you see them plays? He breaks a tackle, breaks another tackle, breaks a sack, goes for 50 yards, right? Or throws a, a bomb. And it's like we love to see these moments. But football's not moments, mm. right? Now, there's special moments you need to win, but you don't play four quarters, Right? And then sometimes you play overtime. <laughs> in the playoffs, and so that's what happens. And he hasn't been consistent enough to give me that, to keep him. Not knowing that, I got a dude named Caleb Williams. That's a generational talent that's ready to come out, that wants to be in a big market like Chicago, wants to play for a team that got a number one receiver like Chicago. It fits the narrative. So I would say this. Phil's is a talented player. But to say it's impossible mm. is wow, wow, crazy. Wow, wow. For example, though, right? So he's 10 and 27. That's his record as a starting quarterback. Out of all the starting quarterbacks, that's ranked 33 out of 33. <laughs> his completion percentage out of all the starting quarterbacks, 31 out of 33. <laughs> Wait, it gets better, though. It gets better. He's averaging 165 yards passing. That's 32 out of 33 quarterbacks starting. So I, I, I don't, and I don't know if that's his, who that is. He's hugging. He looks like a good, good young man. Good man yeah. But we talking about football. Football's about about competing and about winning games to secure my job and your job. Mm-hmm. My kids go to school wherever they go, right? If I'm winning, they're gonna stay there. If I lose, hey son, that's your best friend. Tell him goodbye. We gotta go. <laughs> and when you when you make that move of keeping that quarterback, that's what you gotta think about. Your future. Yeah. I don't see any head coach. I'm not going to call them out. I don't see any head coach with a bright future if he's just starting quarterback. Mm. Maybe some good moments. Maybe some stuff you throw on your, on your fantasy team or maybe some highlights. You see that highlight? I'm cool with that. But to win games and be competitive, mm. go get Caleb Williams and stop playing around. So he has five wins this season, right? Aww. That matches his total from the first two seasons combined. Wow. That's a step forward. Right. Moving, you know what? Moving on up. But, it's, it is. Factually speaking. Mm-hmm. I do like facts. Thank Factually you. speaking, that is better than the first two years okay. combined. 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 It's, yep. It is better. 61% completion percentage, 16 passing touchdowns, nine interceptions. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Take care of the ball. It's pretty good. If your goal is to be pretty good, then you are in a great situation. Mm-hmm. You have been. Are they? they? If your goal is to be pretty good. But that's 10 and 27 is not pretty good. I know. I, 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 I know. That ain't even, that ain't even good. Uh, here's, here's what I'm trying that to say. That ain't even pretty. I'm, it's really bad. <laughs> 10 and 27 is really bad. If we were looking at just this year and the progress that Justin Fields has made over his three years in the league, I don't think it's enough. I don't think he has made a big enough jump this year in his third year to risk sticking with him moving forward because here let me just let me just let me just lay out the scenario lay it out. okay let me lay out the scenario forget all the numbers and the and the 10 and 27 and the fact that they're eliminated from the playoffs again and that you have the opportunity to have the number one you have the number one pick now for two years in a row now you've had the number one overall pick 
that's not good. You should not supposed to be in that situation. Now, I realize this year it's because the Carolina Panthers are awful, mm -hmm. but you're still in the same situation. So you're in the driver's seat. So that means this past year you stuck with Justin Fields, which I thought was the right choice. I thought they should have done that. So that means you passed on C.J. Stroud, mm -hmm. Anthony Richardson, and Bryce Young. Mm -hmm. Boom, boom, boom. Okay? You've already passed on Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson. If you do this again, you will be passing on Caleb Williams, Drake May, Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels, J.J. McCarthy, Quinn Ewers, Michael Penix. Now, you all are gamblers. How do you like those odds that all those quarterbacks that you passed on will not be better than Justin Fields? I'm a gambler because you're only getting one of them. You're not getting all. So maybe no, 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 no. You passing. If you trade out of the number one spot, you're saying I'm risking that Caleb Williams, who has been one of the most highly touted prospects that we've seen in a very, very long time, maybe he'll be great, maybe he won't. But you're passing on him, all those other names, and you've also already passed on Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson. So you're saying to the owner, you're saying to the fan base, you're saying to the NFL that I am willing to say Justin Fields is going to, will be better than all of those quarterbacks that we've had an opportunity to take. Because people get fired for this. Mm -hmm. People get fired for not taking Patrick Mahomes. People get fired for not taking Lamar well, Jackson. People get fired for passing our, on Justin Herbert. I won't say anything. RGM for the Bills, they wanted Patrick Mahomes bad. Yeah. The owner wanted him bad. He didn't get Patrick Mahomes, and he was no longer with the Bills. People get fired but for here's, this. But here's the interesting thought, though. I don't, need, I don't think Fields needs to be better than those quarterbacks. Fields just has to be good. Yeah. That's, the, that's the dilemma. Well, here's why I say so, because uh, Eli Manning was the same draft class as who? Was it Roethlisberger? And Phillip? Phillip Rivers. Yeah. Same, those two. Yeah, yeah. I, don't th I don't think the Chargers are crazy disappointed. I don't think the Steelers are crazy disappointed. Well, I don't the, think the Giants are crazy. The Steelers got two Super Bowls out of Roethlisberger. So, so, so for Phillip me... Phillip Rivers is one, was, was one of the greatest quarterbacks of this generation. So that's the point I'm making. The issue is, as long as Justin Fields eventually becomes good, yeah. then you're fine. That's, like, he's that's gotta what be better you're than saying. Him. Uh, yeah, you got to hope no, no. you have to He's got to be good. as good as any of those guys, at least. Ben Roethlisberger won two Super Bowls. Correct. But I'm saying, like, Phillip, for example. You weren't mad about Phillip. Deshaun Watson, I think, was the same draft class. As no, no, no. But Super Bowls are hard to win, okay? But what I'm saying to you is you're banking that Justin Fields is a fran Yes, that's what you're banking quarterback on. because you're passing that's on all of those and you've already passed on C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and Anthony Richardson because you for two years in a row have had the opportunity to choose the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. So you're saying this is our guy and he will be as good or better than all of these other guys. You're a gambler. Yeah. What you gonna do, James? You know what's crazy though is as I sit up here by myself... <laughs> as a Justin Fields fan and root for Justin Fields, I ain't the only one who want him. Can we hear it? Hmm? Can, can we hear it? I mean, this, this a hundred pounds? Do it. This, this a hundred pounds? Do it. They know the situation. They know what they've been watching with you, but this what they saying. What do, you, what, do, what do you think that I fan think base is going to do? the GM got a box. He does. And I think he's saying no, it too. Brian Poles is there. What, what is that fan base going to do if he has another five-win season next year? You think they're going to chant you know, we want fields? Yeah. But what you, might, what, what you might not do is have the number one overall pick in the options that are on the table. Justin right Fields. Oh, they're going to have some more picks if, if he's a quarterback. If, and you, 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 and then hold up before you go. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what you just did there. Dog. Just leave me alone. Because you're killing my people out there. You showing what the fans in Chicago are saying? They watch me. 
I don't. We don't. We, do you watch him? I mean, you watch. I watch him, him. But you don't believe in him like. I've that. never seen him throw for three hundred yards. I've I, never. I, I've never seen him once in his whole career mm-hmm. throw for three hundred. Not this one time. He's for three make a, yards make before. Huh? He's still for three once, yards before. One time. You a couple times. No. Okay. We got to no, answer this. I think we got to answer that. We got to. You want to bet that? Look, we got. You want to bet that? We got to. Do you want to bet that? Don't bet it. Don't bet it. Look it up during the commercial break. On the other side of this commercial break, James Jones, I need you to sound off. This is gonna be. This is gonna be the most heavily debated topic. Not just the rest of the day, but really the rest of the off season, the NFL season for the next six months. It's a huge conversation. To Fields or not to. I didn't need to work. Yeah. You got one time. You got one time. You shooting that shady to tell him he got back to back 300. You got one time. James Jones, you have waited patiently. You are a Justin Fields defendant, a Justin Fields advocate, a Justin Fields apologist. The most heavily debated topic over the next six months. I guarantee it will be this one. We're starting today. Justin Fields, has he made it impossible for the Bears to move off of him? Yes, he has. He has made it impossible. And once again, just like I talked about Lamar Jackson, Open your eyes. <laughs> if you open your eyes, and I know we can bring up a bunch of stats about my dog being bad. You can find. I understand that. It's a, it's a lot. But of since Justin Fields, a lot of even a couple games before he got hurt, since Justin Fields has came back of off that injury, Justin Fields has been the bright spot and the reason why they have won a lot of these games since he has since he has come back from injury. So for me, when you are talking about Justin Fields and you have the number one pick, you are going to be able to trade that number one pick because there's a lot of suitors. Shady won Caleb Williams. Joy Joy won Caleb Williams. I don't world, know where you sit at with Caleb the Williams. Caleb the Williams. world wants Caleb Williams. So you're going to be able to trade that first-round pick for two or three first-round picks. And now you have a guy in Justin Fields is what you said. Ain't got to be great. But all he got to be is good. And you have three first-round picks, four including the other one you have. You can put a really good football team together. This dude makes superstar plays. When we watch Justin Fields play, and I know I'm not by myself, these last five games when you watch Justin Fields say, Shady, you included, could sit here and say the young boy is getting better. Period. When you, when you turn on the tape, coaches, GMs include, like, the young boy is getting better. Throwing the ball, we, I don't even want to talk about his legs because we know what he could do with his legs. But standing in the pocket, throwing the ball, getting outside the pocket, throwing the ball, the young kid is getting better. I think it's impossible to move off of him the plays that he has made. And then the reports out there is you keeping Eberfruz. So if you're going to keep the head coach, I don't even see us a way you don't bring back Justin Fields with the growth that he is showing you since he has come back from here's, that injury. Here's the question, and Joy alluded to it last block, and, I, and I'm trying to, trying to elaborate on it. Do you believe that Justin Fields is a franchise quarterback? Because that that's the question. Because Caleb Williams might hit, Drake May might hit, mm-hmm. Michael Penix might hit. Maybe Bryce Young gets better. Obviously, he was atrocious this season. Anthony Richardson, maybe he becomes good. Uh, C.J. Stroud looks very promising. But... All that's irrelevant if Justin Fields is bad. No doubt. And it's all irrelevant if he's good. It comes down to Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Nobody else. Yeah. Do you believe that Fields is capable of being a franchise guy? So, so really quick before I say yes, you watch a lot of tape. You break down a lot of tape. I know you have watched Justin Fields the last four or five games or whatever since mm-hmm. he's come back from injury. Does the tape show you that this kid is a franchise quarterback? I'm asking Emmanuel Acho. Yes, but. <laughs> yes, can I go but? Go talk to okay, me. Okay, yes, I, but. I wanted, I the the but is, to, Shady, to Shady's point, 
It's a lot of bad tape, too. Mm-hmm. So I can look at the four, he don't worry about that. I can look at the four-game sample size and say, yo, he looks great. Four out of the last five games. I can also look at some really good plays and say, yo, he looks great. But if I look at the entire body of work, I have to ask myself, why is it taking him so long? Mm-hmm. It don't take quarterbacks three years to be good now. Yeah. It don't do it. It didn't take Burrow. It didn't take Hurts. It didn't take Mahomes. It didn't take Lamar. Heck, Baker Mayfield in his third year had 25 passing touchdowns, less than 10 interceptions, 11 wins, and a playoff win. Mm-hmm. It don't take that long. So I have to ask myself, why? Is it taking him so long? It's also the scenario. If they, if they had won two more games this season, or, or the Panthers hadn't been so bad, let's say, and they didn't have the number one overall pick, and you were talking about trading up to get someone different, like you're in the scenario where you have the number one overall pick and you had it last year. Mm-hmm. So let's just talk from a business perspective. Yeah. You are risking, like you said, that Justin Fields will take a step forward Mm -hmm. significantly because he does need to take a significant step forward. He has gotten better. No one can deny that. He looks better. He he is having bigger moments. Yes, but that's all of that said, he's still five and seven, and the numbers are still the numbers. So we can see what we see, but the numbers and the results are the same. Slightly better. I'm sorry. Slightly better. So he needs to take a big step forward, and he has to be able to do that immediately next year. So you're counting on the picks that you get will all hit, which doesn't always happen. So all those have to hit. He has to take a significant step forward, and that's all risking that none of these other men that you're passing on will do that. Because what happens to the Panthers this year because of C.J. Stroud? What happened? C.J. balling. He was balling. Did the Panthers have an opportunity to get C.J. Stroud? Were there consequences because they didn't? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do we know that? Yes, there are. Yes. People lose their jobs over this. So what I'm saying to you and to everyone else is, are you going to risk your career on Justin Fields? That's the question. Because yeah. that's really what the question is. If I'm the GM and I'm watching Justin Fields right now, I see franchise quarterback. Mm. And if I have the number one pick, and uh, where's their other pick, three or something? Or, right now, I, I think know. it's also the six or seven. Okay, so down ten, there, so another, uh, I got two top ten picks. I'm going to be able to trade that number one pick because I have my franchise quarterback and I believe in Justin Fields and be able to get two more first-round picks this year, right, and have three first-round picks to go with Justin Fields as your quarterback. At to, least. To build, at least. At least. To, to build your football team. I am taking that because the tape that I've watched Justin Fields and seen Justin Fields growing. Now, if you're sitting here telling me Matt gone, the head coach, Iberfru's gone, then I would be saying it might be a little risky to bring back Justin Fields because now a whole other coach going to come in here and want the quarterback that he wants. That's yeah. different. Iberfru's is there, knows what Justin Fields could bring. He's balling up underneath him. I think this is an opportunity for the Bears to really change around their franchise with a bunch of first-round picks with a quarterback that is extremely capable of taking you there. It will be fascinating. Well, what's fascinating? What's going down in Louisiana, Texas, Washington, Texas back in the college football playoff for the first time, well, ever. Washington back for the first time since 2016. I was in New Orleans this weekend. Texas is ready. Everything you need to know about the last college football playoff game of the day after this commercial break. It's the Sugar Bowl, Texas, Washington. A lot of first-round picks in that one. 
family, I came straight from New Orleans, Louisiana, two sets, so I can tell you from personal experience, it is live right now, Texas, Washington, and New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl. What do you need to watch? Who do you need to see? Michael Penix Jr., you already know his name. He's a beast of a quarterback. He leads the number one passing offense in all of college football. That's Washington. On the flip side, Texas, Jatavian Sanders. You got Quinn Ewers. You got Xavier Worthy. You got Adonai Mitchell. Their offense is prolific as well. First rounders all over the football field. The matchup is very simple. It will come down to Texas's secondary trying to limit Michael Penix Jr., Roma Dunze, and Washington's prolific wide receiving core. Washington, they're back in the college football playoff for the first time since 2016. Texas, they make their first appearance ever. Grab your family, sit down, grab the popcorn, and get ready for this one because it's going to be live. We'll see you tomorrow.